Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back to another empowering episode of The Unstoppable Singer. I am your host, Danielle Tucker. I am a singer, a vocal coach, and a lead singer with the Mighty Untouchables Band. The Unstoppable Singer is an interview-style show where we dive into the lives of real-life professional singers who have achieved some incredible feats in their careers. Uh, We explore the challenges and the triumphs that come with a life under the bright lights, and we learn what being unstoppable truly means to them. So if you're passionate about music and the stories of remarkable artists, then you're in the right place. Stick around because we're going to jump right into it. Allow me to introduce our esteemed guest tonight on The Unstoppable Singer. Meet Crystal Barron, the epitome of a transformational vocal coach and vocal health specialist. Crystal's journey has been all about inspiring professional voice users to reach for excellence, authenticity, and enduring success. She firmly believes that our voices are intricately woven into the fabric of our life's journey. Drawing from this powerful philosophy, Crystal has developed a unique coaching approach that beautifully blends mind, body, and breath and voice into harmonious symphony. With techniques like TRE for tension release, bodywork, MDH breathing coordination, laryngeal massage, and introspective work rooted in internal family systems principles, she's truly a guiding light. Crystal's wisdom radiates. She knows that each of us possesses the innate ability to create captivating sounds. By shedding what no longer serves us and embracing trust in our own voices, we can confidently step into any situation with joy as our companion. With clientele that reads like a who's who of talent, including touring artists, Broadway luminaries, and chart toppers from American Idol, and the voice Crystal's expertise spans musical genres and stages. She's a true luminary with a teaching footprint that spans universities covering musical theater, CCM, classical vocal technique, and more. So without further ado, let me bring on Crystal. Hi, Hello. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm so excited to be here with you right now. I am so excited to be here with you right now. I'm. <laughs> I have known you for a good handful of years now, and I'm such a admirer and fan of your work and just of you as a human being. And so I'm just, I'm super excited to be able to share you with this audience now, rather than only with a few people sprinkled here and there. Well, it's definitely a mutual admiration society for sure, because I just am in awe of everything that you do and everything you do for the singer community. Oh, thank you very much. Well, tell me, um, I kind of know what's going on in your life right now. Um, (laughs) 
personally and professionally, but share with our audience, what's the latest, greatest that you've got going on now? Oh, gosh. Well, um, I'm I'm also a singer and a vocal coach like you. Um, and most of my singing these days is um, for sessions, studio mm -hmm. sessions. So um, recently, that hasn't been doing much of anything because of the strike, the sag yeah. actress strike. So um, and I'm also a single mom, so mm -hmm. I have four kids and my two oldest daughters are, um, off to college this year. So actually last week I was uh, in Tennessee on Monday and two or Sunday and Monday, and then Sacramento Tuesday through Friday. Yeah. So I've been, um, really shuffling, you know, wearing the different hats, um, of, of mom and, uh, all the other things. So I've been a little bit all over the place. If I'm being real, but I'm super excited to be back now. You know, the, the, there aren't quite so many people in my house. Mm -hmm. um, and while the strike is going on, you know, I'm supporting um, my colleagues behind the scenes. I'm excited to get up there and, and get back on the picket lines. Hopefully mm -hmm. next week we had to cancel the singer um, picket line this week because of the heat. But mm -hmm. hopefully we'll be back up there next week showing solidarity and. And in the meantime, I'm just grinding away, doing what I love to do best, which is, you know, helping people play nicely with their voices. Yeah. What's the latest with the strike? What's progress has been made? Um, you know, I'm I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I'm um, I I know that there's an interim. There's some interim agreements where there are there is some work that folks can do. Um, that's all that I really. No, mm -hmm. I haven't. in the last couple of weeks, I've been so busy with my own daughter's sure. um, life that I wouldn't know anything past that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I know well, that the, what, what we're getting right now is that it's probably not going to end anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's that kind of, that seems to be the feel that's out there. Yeah, we're, buckled up. we're buckled up and buckled in right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that that plays, uh, that has a big impact um, on your business as well, because you work with primarily professional singers who are probably, you know, all involved in that right now and really feeling the impacts of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is a huge industry disruptor. Um, I mean, of course it's necessary. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I mean, I don't have the, I think my last, uh, check was like $19. So I don't have the sub $1 <laughs> royalty that some folks have, but it's, um, you know, it, it definitely is not sustainable the way that, mm -hmm. that the streaming has been paid. So it's definitely necessary, but it, the trickle down into the entire industry, vocal coaches, um, instrumentalists, you know, um, managers, mm -hmm. agents. I mean, it's, it, everybody's feeling it. Everybody's yeah. feeling it right now, yeah. unfortunately. Mm, gosh. Well, definitely cheering from the sidelines and hoping that there is some good resolution in the near future with all hopefully. of that. Yeah, hopefully yeah. people are willing to listen and talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you have such a, a, a busy life and, and I know what a busy mom you, you are to, to hum, not only humans, but you normally have a house full of house kittens. foster kittens. Yes. Yes. We don't right now. We don't right oh. now because I've been traveling, but yeah, we love to foster kittens. Um, we call it kitten therapy. And it, one of my favorite things to do when people are feeling stressed is like, just sing to the kitten. 
Mm -hmm. to the kids. Sometimes they're days old, sometimes they're older, but it's, yeah. it's a fun thing. Sometimes, you know, it depends on the, on the person. I don't <laughs> break them out in every lesson, but yeah. really fun for certain people, some people yeah. ask for them. They're like, please let me hold a kitten. Bring me the kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. It. Awesome. Well, I want to jump back in time a little bit and have you walk us through your musical journey, where you got your start, and oh, then fast forward us to how you got yeah. to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have a I have a checkered past, <laughs> my vocally checkered past. I um I actually spent the vast majority of my career performing injured. Mm. I uh, I suffered my first vocal injury when I was a uh, middle school or high school, maybe ninth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, something like that. I had nodules and um, I, I really, really struggled. I, I went to college back, back in the eighties, you know, <laughs> another century, lifetime ago. Um, but back then they didn't have the popular music degrees that they have now. I didn't even, I don't even think they, that I knew that there were jazz music options. I, mm -hmm. I just thought I'm, I'm going to be a singer. And so I'm going to go to school and I'm going to study music. And that meant opera. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got my, my degree in class, Western classical music. Then I graduated and I was like, so I have a broken voice. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to make a living with this degree. <laughs> <laughs> So the doctors weren't knocking down your door. Well, I had a broken voice the entire time. I was just like, I was like, oh, limping along with my poor little voice. And, and I was, you know, I tried, I really tried. Um, you know, that's kind of a, a big part of my story is that I was, I was a good student. I did everything my teachers told me to do. And my voice just kept getting worse and worse. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why doesn't this happen to anybody else? You know, mm -hmm. I was that person. There's always one person that like they have the delicate voice. Right. And it's a mystery why everybody else can go out and party. Everybody else can like sing, you know, six, seven shows a week. And this one person is hurting after 30 minutes of the first set. Mm -hmm. That was me for years and years, like decades. That was me. And um, which is it, it's quite hard to be that person. Just yeah. <laughs> FYO, for those of you that don't struggle with that, it's hard to be that person. That's like, why I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And my voice is not, it's just not having it. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, uh, I graduated and, uh, I did a little bit of session work, but again, because of my broken voice, I was like, I, I was kind of like anxious. I, I didn't really feel like I could put myself out there and I kind of fell into doing musical theater, okay. which I'd never really done a lot, but oh boy, was it fun. Mm -hmm. And it turns out I was pretty good at it. So um, I did musical theater. I, I did some teaching. I did some session work. I just kind of, as many singers do, just kind of little of this, little of that, little of the other, and, and um, kind of cobbled a career together. Mm -hmm. Never did a single paying gig with my, that I did Western classical music mm -hmm. ever. Not one time. <laughs> That was, that was fun. But, um, but I did, you know, I, 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 I had some fun saying on some, um, did some backgrounds on some albums, you know, I really, really enjoyed doing musical theater too. Mm -hmm. um, 
And ironically, now I look back and I'm like, musical theater and session singing, wh what in the world? Because they seem so different. Yeah. And now most of my clients um, today, I have a lot of musical theater people. I have a lot of session singers. I also have a lot of touring artists. Mm -hmm. But just last year I was in the car and I'm like, what is it? Like, you would think that they have nothing in common. Sure. Musical theater and studio singers. But then I was like, oh, no, they have to be jack of all trades. Mm, yeah. Okay. They're, so their skill yeah, set actually sense. overlaps in some ways. Mm -hmm. But really, it's not just like I'm doing one thing and this is the only thing I do. It's like I have to make like 800 different sounds with my voice mm -hmm. on any different, diff, uh, given day. So so anyway, the whole time I was performing, um my I went from one vocal injury to another. Mm. Um, I had I suffered with really bad acid reflux. Um, I had chronic nodules; they never went away. I was told by a couple of voice doctors that they would never go away on their own, and that mm. I would probably never have a real career because of them. Mm. But um, you know, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Were they ever able to give you a root cause to? Nope, just that they were, because they were hard, they were hardened at that point. The only way to take get rid of them was through surgery, but they didn't mm -hmm. recommend it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I just, in muscle tension dysphonia, I had like muscle spasms. It was, it was just one thing after another. So I feel like even though I did things, my career never took off the way I would have liked for it to. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, alongside of that, I was always teaching. And because of my own issues, I was just, I was, first of all, just like determined that I was going to figure out what was going on with my voice. Mm -hmm. Why? Why was this happening to me still? And um, I just was super curious and determined that I was going to find the answer. Mm -hmm. And um, fast forward, fast forward through many, many years and many, I mean, there were at least three different times that I thought I was never going to sing again. Mm. Like it was bad, 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 where like I was on vocal rest for six to nine months and my voice still wasn't coming back. Mm -hmm. Really bad. But um, fast forward until I was in my 40s and I was still working, you know, I was still doing stuff, but it, you know, I was not having a glamorous career at all. It was vocal rest in between gigs and um, it was a lot of pain and suffering, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, in my early 40s, I'm now 53, going to be 54. Um, it's okay. The best is yet to come. That's right. Um, in my early 40s, I um, attended a symposium that was put on by my friend Mindy Pack. I think you, you know who Mindy is, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Mindy, good friend. Love her. Love her. She's a voice nerd, too. And um, at this symposium was a man named Robin DeHaas talking about breathing. Mm -hmm. And he, it, during his presentation, I was like, I think he has the answer. Mm. I think this is it. I just felt so drawn to what he was talking about. I'm like, I have to know more about this. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately contacted him after it. He, the, the modality that he was talking about is MDH breathing coordination. Mm. And um, it's a, a body work and breath work um, modality. It's very holistic. And I had no idea what any of it meant. I just felt in my nuggets, as our friend Michelle likes to say, 
<laughs> that it was really important that I find out. Okay. And um, it started my journey into breathing coordination, which is what I call um, my gateway drug into holistic voice. And that was like, it was the cog in the wheel that just changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. And that's when my voice finally started to heal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And now uh, fast forward to today, to today, you've really centered your whole private practice around vocal health. And that's, yes, you're so well known for that now. Yeah, it's my jam. It's my jam. Mm-hmm. So, so breathing coordination, I did um, like a thousand more, a thousand plus hours of that. And I was like, this is phenomenal and helps so much. But there were still some things that felt stuck in my own body. And I realized there were still some things stuck with other people, my other clients. And I was like, okay, what else is there? Laryngeal massage. And Mindy mm-hmm. actually introduced me to that too. Mm-hmm. Mindy and I have this history of I'll introduce things to her and she introduces things to me and we're constantly introducing each other. It's super fun. So I went and I got laryngeal massage um, certification and training. Mm-hmm. And that was great. It complemented the breathing coordination amazingly well. But then mm-hmm. there were still some people that still weren't responding. And then I was like, okay, what's next? At this point, I'm like, bring it on. I know there's got to be more out here. There's this, this umbrella of holistic breath work or holistic voice work. And I'm like, I know that there's more stuff in here. Mm-hmm. So after that, I think after that, that's when I went and I did the Summer Vocology Institute, which is all about voice science. And that really helped me understand like the acoustics and physics of like what's actually happening in the voice. So that unlocked some more stuff, but, but, but wait, there's more, you know, that's like the story of my life. Right. So after that, um, I think after that, oh, then I decided I wanted to go to massage school because I wanted my hands to be smarter. So I went to massage therapy school so I can actually like massage people, but I don't typically, mm-hmm. um, but I learned a lot about, you know, just like how muscles work and the, you know, the, the conversation between the mind and the body and all that. It was mm-hmm. so cool. So cool. And then after that was TRE, which is tension and trauma release exercises, which I, I just started doing that about a year and a half ago. And that was a huge game changer because um, regardless of how much we work on the body, Mm -hmm. tension sometimes gets stuck. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's from trauma. And if you're human, you've experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. We all have. And they get stored in our bodies. Sometimes like like the pain between our shoulders Mm -hmm. could be connected to a certain emotion that you have. It's like frustration or like not being heard. That's something that I see a lot in my studio is um, people that feel like their voices have never been valued, never been, you know, they've never been seen or appreciated for who they are. And so this gets stuck in the body, this feeling of why can't anybody just hear me and see me? It literally gets stuck in the body. And TRE is a set of exercises that actually helps you release those tensions in the body. It's Mm. really, really beautiful. Fascinating. Um, I know yeah. I've heard you say that your core philosophy is that there is a connection between your voice and your life's journey. Um, 
which is it's it's really is fascinating how all of that's connected if you want to elaborate more on that and oh yeah yeah your practice absolutely absolutely so yeah i mean you really can't separate the the person the the like the voice from the person and their lived experience mm -hmm. if you are um if if you're afraid to take up space you're going to be afraid to take up space with your voice mm. if you're um I'm just going to use my ex experience, which a lot of people are probably going to resonate, uh, being socialized female, growing up um, in society, being socialized in that way. We're taught to um, be be kind, to be sweet, to um, not be aggressive, to be careful with everyone else's feelings, to, you know, all of these messagings that are fed to us from the time we're very, very little, right. um, to be still, to be, you know, not aggressive physically, all of these things. So um, if you're outspoken, and I happened to be a little more outspoken as a child, mm -hmm. um, there you get a lot of pushback of, it's like, oh, no, 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 you can't say that. Don't talk that loud. Why are you so loud? You're too much. You know, and these negative image, uh, these negative negative messagings, they they stick, they really stick. And so, um, for myself, I just kind of started to fold in on myself as I got older. And the more I folded in on myself, the more it showed up in my voice to the mm -hmm. point where I could barely speak above a whisper at one point. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. And then I was also like dealing with you know, some religious trauma and, you know, all sorts of things where like me being anything outside the lines was just not acceptable. Right. And as a singer, it's our job to live outside the lines. Mm -hmm. yeah. Being careful is not part of the game plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. And I'm sure that you find in your practice too, you know, it's a constant like effort to try to draw out feeling and authenticity in singers. And when, when we have been conditioned in that way to, you know, Program. stay quiet and, and we don't allow ourselves to get weird and get, make mistakes and make weird Right. noises and yes. and that can be so constricting with the yes. you know our vocal development and growth and just our our development as artists absolutely absolutely i couldn't have said it better that's exactly all day every day it's mm -hmm. and we don't even realize how deeply it's programmed into us mm -hmm. um i'm going to talk about michelle again our our um, shared mentor mm -hmm. she likes to say it's the water in which we swim when you're a fish, you don't even know you're in water until you're taken out of the water. Mm -hmm. So you don't even know that you've been programmed in this way. And as singers, there are so many things that we just, it's like, we never even think to question right. that this isn't the way to be, mm -hmm. you know, because it's just like, well, this is just part of what the process is, and then you wonder why you're stuck and you're not getting better. Or for a lot of folks, um, you know, it over time, it gets worse and worse. It's like deteriorating, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, the, like for me, for sure it was where the, the more turned in I was on myself, the less I believed in myself, 
the worse my body, like it, it just, the tensions were everywhere and it showed up in my voice. And um, I had to really have a lot of like hard, hard conversations with myself about who I am and what I stand for and um, you know, what it means to take up space in this world. Right. Um, and once I was finally able to do that, my voice came back. Yeah. Yeah. So funny how voice work is just so not just about the voice. It never is. It is not. And, yeah. And some of my, um, I, I work really closely with uh, many of the laryngologists, the voice doctors in the Los Angeles area. Um, one of my favorite, favorite teams is the USC team. I work really mm -hmm. closely with them. And I was talking to um, a couple of the different SLPs there. And I was just asking them, and that's speech language pathologist for people who don't know what that term is SLP. They're the people that help rehab. Um, anybody that has a vocal injury, they'll usually go to the speech language pathologist first, and then they would ref uh, si refer singers to me for mm -hmm. the final step of getting them back into singing. So, um, but I asked them, I'm like, because when I have injured singers come into my studio, 99.999999% of the time, I can't say 100%, but I don't know that I've ever encountered somebody who had a vocal injury where there wasn't something else going on in their life. Mm. It wasn't just like I fell down the stairs with my voice. Yeah. It was stress. It was toxic relationships. It was a death in the family. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, um, like severe financial troubles or somebody's like chronically ill or it's, there's always something else. Yeah. And um, so vocal injuries, in my experience, are multifactorial. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's, it's not just stress, just like it's not just stress that makes you have a heart attack. But a lot of times stress is the trigger mm. that pulls, you know, that makes it uh, manifest. And uh, my SLP colleagues, um, the, everyone that I've talked to is like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We see that. Yeah. How interesting. That is so interesting. And I know with your singers, um, you, as you're working through these things with them, you talk to them about shedding, no shedding what no longer serves them. Yes. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, so a lot of times we have very, um, some of them is the pro some of it is the programming that we were just talking about, mm -hmm. right? The societal programming or self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. That's a really, yeah. really big one. The the self-talk that we engage in when we're singing, where it's like, like for me, my self-talk was, I'm the fragile one. My voice is broken. Mm -hmm. I have to be careful. I can't do that with my voice. Yeah. You know, and you start to like create your identity around that. Um, and it can be, I, you know, I can't belt, I can't, you know, I can't ad lib, I can't do what she's doing, I can't do what they're doing. Right. You know, it you put yourself in this little box instead of going, well, why not? Yeah. You know, just being curious. And sometimes it comes from sometimes these beliefs come from uh very well-meaning choir directors, music directors, bandmates, sometimes even vocal coaches, unfortunately. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so much of the time when folks come to me and they've been studying, especially if they've had a lot of years of studying, 
um, it's like Peter Pan who forgot how to play. Mm -hmm. They've lost the joy and they've lost the play and they're so focused on the mechanics and the, well, I need to drop my jaw and I need to lift my soft palate and I need to make sure I'm engaging my support. And I'm like, but what does that even mean? Yeah. You know, and it, it becomes very prescriptive and um, where they're telling their body what to do and they're just kind of going through the motions. Mm. And when it doesn't work, then they go through the motions harder. Mm -hmm. Thinking, well, I just got to do the same things just more with more effort, with more commitment, um, instead of just being able to live in the body and experience the relationship yeah. between the body and the breath and the voice. Um, and that's like a, that's a really, really big thing. Yeah. Because we just think, well, I have to engage my support. It's like, well, okay, but it's not a, just a light switch that you're turning on and turning off. Yeah. I'm thinking Billie Eilish, the way the, I like to use the term pressure management. Mm -hmm. I'm singing Billie Eilish, the way that I engage down here is very, very different than if I'm doing Sia, mm -hmm. you know, or if I'm singing opera, one of the songs from my opera career. <laughs> right. And, and within each song, it's completely variable. Mm -hmm. It's a constantly shifting landscape of pressures and resistance and, and, um, and our intentions and our emotions and, and, if we're just like saying, okay, turn on your support, it doesn't leave room for the nuance and the relationship and the dance to happen. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of unlearning and that has to happen where we, we go, Hey, Oh, that thing that you think that's from your second grade choir teacher. You don't need that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. the same word unlearning. There's so much unlearning to be done. And I think, yeah. you know, in the world of, just voice training now, there's so many different um, philosophies. There's so much different language. There's so much mm -hmm. different definitions of the same word that, <laughs> that's thrown around that it can be just insanely like confusing and seem contradictory. But I, I love the place that you teach from though, because I think going back to what you said about shedding what no longer serves you. It's really all that it comes down to doing what works for you. And for if you. what's been taught to you, a certain method, if it doesn't work, unlearn it, move on so, to the next lesson, to the next yeah. thing until it does work for you. Yes. And it's not to necessarily say that anybody's philosophy on the voice is right or wrong, exactly. but it's just not a one size fits all Exactly. Same. Exactly. Yeah. I call it ghosts of voice teachers past. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll show up at like random times. It's like, what? Why? Yeah. What? So, um, but yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, what might maybe right for one person, like the exact right thing for them mm -hmm. is the exact wrong thing for someone else, you know? Yeah. So, and um, this is something that is an occupational hazard. Nobody is without bias. Mm-hmm. You know how singing feels in your body. I know how singing feels in my body. Mm -hmm. And every single person has a unique set of coordinations. Yeah. Absolutely 
unequivocally, there is no such thing as one size fits all singing. And so when I'm describing what support might feel like for me, support, even though I don't like to, to use that word, I know we're all familiar with it. Mm -hmm. um, I may say, oh, I feel very strong sensation in my side ribs. And I also feel so a little bit, you know, into my, into my abdomen, but for you, you might feel it completely different. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. so if I'm like going, well, no, 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 you need to feel it more in your side ribs. But what if what you were doing was just fine? Mm -hmm. And now I've actually added more to the equation than is necessary. Now you're out of relationship with your body. Yeah. And so that's the important thing um, mm -hmm. is that, you know, whoever the vocal coach is, we're hoping that, you know, we're all moving in this direction, yeah. that it's the person in front, you know, it's, it's the person that's there that we're paying attention to. It's not what I'm feeling in my body. It's not what my teacher, you know, from when I was in eighth grade was telling me. It's let's all be the student of this client's body. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. a student of your body. You mm -hmm. are also a student of your body. And we're going to figure out by being in relationship with the body, it'll tell us exactly what you need. Yeah. We just got to yeah. back off and listen instead of telling it what to do all the time. Right. Yeah. I love, I love that you point that out. Just the, the listening and being hyper-focused on what they are saying, because it's, it, I think it, it's also that as you're, as you're, you get a little bit older, a little more seasoned as a singer, you're, whether you're a vocal coach or not, you're more hyper-aware or more, um, in tune with your body and the sensations and the, the, mm -hmm things that you know that work, work for you to produce sound. And then add on top of it, if you are a vocal instructor and you have language to back those things up and you have the, you know, the scientific education behind it, you know, you, you're even more hyper aware of your body and its sensations right. and where things come from. But a, a singer who is not at that level yet when you say you feel something in your ribs, they may mean something in the ribs, but they may describe it as their abdomen. <laughs> and you just got to go with that <laughs> because right. if, if that's what you say, then that's what works. And that's right. what you got to go with. Cause right. As long as it's working. Yeah. 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 And what I love to say, cause you know, everybody comes, comes in and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, I just don't know if I'm doing it right. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be as complicated as everybody thinks. Mm -hmm. Here's my two rules. If it hurts, maybe don't do it. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't do it. Maybe we need to like look at it, you know, <laughs> um, or maybe don't do it a lot. If it doesn't hurt, don't worry about it. Yeah. If you can do it over and over again consistently and you like how it sounds. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's one last thing you got to worry about. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think a lot of times we get so stuck in the minutia of, am I doing it right? Mm -hmm. And really, it, this is, it's not true and false questions at all. Mm -hmm. It's, um, there's a lot of leeway and grace when it comes to the voice. Mm -hmm. Our voice is so resilient. And as long as we don't freak out and try to micromanage it, mm -hmm. it can do a lot. It can yeah. really do a lot, but so many of us get all up in our head and into the micromanaging, you know, that's when, that's what I found is typically when things start to break down. 
Sure. It's when yeah. we get out of our body and stuck up in our head. That's very true. <laughs> in many ways, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, we've touched on this a little bit about um, kind of traditional vocal coaching and and what that looks like and how it's different in your studio. Yeah. And it seems that there's um, a lot of progress in this area. I think that's that's taking place. Maybe not some some are harder to come along, but right. <laughs> but how would you say that? the way you coach differs from traditional voice lessons. Yeah. Well, in, a, in addition to what we were just talking about, mm -hmm. um, I also like, I don't know, the older I get, the ornerier I am. Is that a word? Ornerier? I think you are ornerier. <laughs> yes. I am <laughs> ornerier than I used to be. Um, I'm also ADHD for the people that don't know me and don't follow me. So part of being ADHD is when, when, um, people say, well, it's just the way it is. I'm like, why? <laughs> we question everything, everything, and not all, but that's, that's how it manifests in me. And so one of the, one of the basic tenets of vocal training is that you go see your vocal coach every week. Right. And you go, you know, when I was in college, I went for an hour a week. Sometimes when I was doing something really big, I would pay extra and I'd go two hours a week. And, um, that, created a dynamic where I felt great when I was there and in the moment. And I felt like I could really sing when I was with my vocal coach. Mm -hmm. And then I would leave and I felt like I couldn't when I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And it kind of created this learned helplessness dynamic. And um, recently I've really been obsessed with this concept of the innate wisdom of our body. Mm -hmm. And I really, I believe this oh so strongly. And I cannot point to a study. I've done, I've done some research and I have not found a study that backs me up, but I believe it will happen someday. Mm -hmm. I believe that we are born with all the coordinations that we need to make all the sounds that we need to speak and sing. Mm -hmm. I believe that they are hardwired into us. Um, when you think back to when humans, you know, thousands of years ago, when we did not have speakers and cell phones, and maybe we didn't even have words, mm -hmm. we were still able to communicate. And sometimes over very large distances, right? And you're a mom, you've heard your baby scream and not mm -hmm. lose their voice. Right. And we may not actually understand every little thing that a baby is saying when they're crying, but they're telling us a lot. Yeah. So many different colors in the voice and ranges. And I believe that we're born already being able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the way that I'm moving into the future, I'm really trying to be a pioneer in this area is getting away from this model that you are dependent upon your vocal coach for learning. And I know that's really scary for some voice teachers because they're like, no, don't go to YouTube teachers. No, <laughs> there are some who are great and you can find a lot of stuff that is not great on YouTube. I'm not saying you don't need us at all. Right. I'm saying let's redefine what it means and let's first acknowledge that humans are absolutely capable of learning on their own. Yes. So my goal and my role right now is to introduce singers to tools, help them to identify what they're feeling in their body, 
Mm -hmm. establish that relationship in the conversation so they're like oh oh that's what that means okay got it and now here's your tool here's how you use the tool you might also want to think about using it this way Mm -hmm. and once you feel comfortable use it however you want be curious be playful Mm -hmm. notice what's happening in your body notice what's happening in your voice and then come back to me with questions Mm -hmm. come back and say oh when i did this i felt this it mm-hmm. felt really good. I liked how it sounded. And it was so free. Great. Yeah. Then let's not worry about that. <laughs> Are or, you suggesting that singers learn to trust themselves? Shocking, I know. Shocking. This is strange. <laughs> it's a paradigm shift, not gonna lie. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And that they do not need, I mean, yes, you still need a vocal coach, mm-hmm. but maybe not in the way that we've been led to believe all these years. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I also, um, I don't warm up in my lessons unless it's something that they feel my student feels like they are not able to do on their own. And then I teach them how to, Mm -hmm. then they come warmed up and we will do that until they feel like they're fine. And I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're 14 or 74. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't care if they're professionals or not. But the, the large the large number of students in my um, studio are either professional or aspiring professional. Mm-hmm. But I still have, you know, I got a, a few that are, you know, just doing it for fun. Yeah. And they are also capable of figuring it out on their own mm-hmm. and asking questions when they need help. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's been really truly transformational to watch my clients go from you know, really questioning their own abilities to just owning the stage. Mm, yeah. It's been super fun. I love that. Yeah. How do you, um, when you're working with a singer, uh, because of this philosophy that you have, that's very you know, non-traditional, how do you prescribe practice for students? I mean, oh. it, you know, we've, I mean, it, me as a singer, it was always you get your exercises from your vocal coach and you do them for 30 minutes a day. Right. And <laughs> that's, right. you know, that's how right. you do it. And, and then you too will be a great singer. <laughs> and you don't need to know why you're doing them. Yeah. You just, just do them. Do them five <laughs> times. Five times. Yes. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, practice is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you do. You don't have to do it in front of a piano. You don't have to stand. You don't have to sit. You do not have to do. I almost never give scales. And if I do, it's typically pentatonic Mm -hmm. um, because I'm working with almost exclusively popular music singers. Um, Sometimes I'll do blues. I don't really do a whole lot with the jazz stuff, but um, if they want to do jazz scales, I'm there for it. Mm -hmm. I just can't teach it. Um, But yeah, I... I do, we do a lot of just like vocal function exercises. Mm -hmm. So um, like vocal slides, for instance, but even backing up from that, you know, stretching and body work and breath work, um, some self-laryngeal massage, getting the entire body ready to sing. That's Mm -hmm. something that I always recommend. Um, Then after you do that, then you make some sounds with your voice. It doesn't have to be singing. It can be vocal slides. I do a lot with animal noises. Mm-hmm. 
lots and lots of animal noises. It's quite a zoo. Um, and once you check the different parts of your voice and you're like, okay, I know that whatever it is I'm going to work on, I need to do this and that and the other thing. And all of those things are working. Mm -hmm. Then we go into songs pretty yeah. early. I mean, it's really just a few minutes to warm up your voice. Right. And then I almost always will tailor exercises from within the song. Yeah. So I take a fragment of the song and sometimes we'll do it on vowels or lip trills or through a straw or bark like a dog or, you know, whatever it mm -hmm. is, whatever it is that they need. And then we put it back in the song. We'll do it in 14 different keys, you know, all that stuff. But um, that's how I teach them. That's how I teach my clients to practice too, mm -hmm. if they need it. But again, if what they're doing at home is working, I also believe hands off sometimes is really the best, yeah. you know, and I wait for them to ask questions. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, so we've talked about you being a vocal health specialist and you've got some amazing programs developed around this. Um, tell us exactly what that means and how vocalists that have some vocal health issues can work with you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, I work, uh, with, most of the voice doctors in the LA area. And um, sometimes I have people come to me first. Mm -hmm. um, like I've been struggling. I lost my voice. It's been like three months or whatever. Um, and depending on what it is, I always do a free consultation for vocal health mm -hmm. where it's just a phone call and they share a little bit about what's going on with them. And then based on what they tell me, I will either, we, we can set up an assessment where I can walk through a full assessment with them and we can start to do some work if I feel like that's warranted or if I feel like it's something they really need to get in and see a voice doctor, then I will refer them to a voice doctor um, mm -hmm. that takes their insurance because I, I have Kaiser docs, I have non-Kaiser docs, I have Medi-Cal docs, I've got cash pay docs, I got I got a bunch of docs in my back pocket <laughs> the and, they're, and they're all great. I do not mm -hmm. refer out to anybody that I do not know. Mm -hmm. um, and that I haven't worked with and had good results with. Um, and then depending on what happens there, then they can, they'll, they'll sometimes get sent back to me, you know, mm -hmm. if they have to go to the voice doctor or if a lot of times it's, um, okay, so it's muscle tension dysphonia, which is something that they could come straight back to me typically. And then we do whatever work needs to be done. And a lot of times with vocal injuries, it's a combination of uh, the body work and breath work and a lot of mindset work. Getting, you know, I, I use TRE with almost everybody now, um, just kind of as a default modality, because if you're human, you have tension. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we will mix together a lot of the modalities to find the right cocktail that works. And then, um, so they could do like a vocal health package specifically. Mm -hmm. um, something very exciting without giving away any details. And you, you know this too, but something recently just happened that's um, a game changer for our industry in that I had a client um, who was referred to me um, as a workers' comp case from a voice doctor and mm -hmm. workers' comp covered it, which is unheard of that this this person had to have a vocal surgery and then um, went through the rehab process with the speech language pathologist. And the doctor said, 
now you need to get a little bit of voice training um, and I want workers comp to cover it. And they mm -hmm. did. That's amazing. Yes. So that is a game changer. So if anybody's listening to this and they are, you know, they have a vocal injury and um, you know that you need some extra training, preventative training to, you know, help you so that you don't hurt yourself again. Cause sometimes you, there's some technique stuff that needs to be worked out. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's a freak accident. And sometimes it's, you know, there's underlying issues that can be addressed that will make it a little bit easier to sustain your voice. Mm -hmm. If it's workers comp, ask. Yeah. Ask loudly and often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've been such an advocate in this area and you really are pioneering some major territory with that. And I was pretty exciting. So happy to hear that that, yeah. uh, that, that happened. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm hoping it will be just like a standard thing. Yeah. Like when you have surgery and then you go to physical therapy mm -hmm. and I've been for years, I've been saying voice lessons is like occupational therapy for singers. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're having vocal problems, it should be covered by insurance. But if anybody can, you know, get an ear of somebody that might be able to help with that. <laughs> yes. Reach out to me because Definitely. I'd love to be able to say that in the right person's ear. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely, you know, um, uh, you know the process there. So definitely talk to Crystal. <laughs> um, so you also are just coming off of having um, an amazing weekend intensive that you yes. put on. And you have something coming up in September. Tell us all about that. Yes, yes. So this is part of my whole, people don't need to be with me as much as they think they do mm -hmm. philosophy. Um Part of coaching involves concepts. Mm -hmm. Like I, I like to give just a little bit of science. I say it's like Sesame Street science, just enough so that you kind of have an idea of what the target is. Some people really like to go deep in the science and I can totally do that. But usually we only need a, a little, just a little, little bit, mostly to help us unlearn some stuff that may be in there that maybe isn't serving us anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's focus the, you know, uh, the science a little bit more so that we understand the clear target of what we're going for. And I can teach that for, to a room of people as easily as I can do that with one person. Mm -hmm. So I've started a new process where I'm doing intensives mm -hmm. and in these intensives, we're taking one subject. The one that we just did was a comprehensive where it was many subjects. Um, but this, the, the next one is going to be all about MDH breathing coordination and really just about breath in general, the singer and breathing and our relationship with our breath. And so I'm having a mini intensive coming up in September, um, and then a weekend intensive in October. But right now we're really excited about the mini intensive. It's two hours, just about the breath. We're debunking some of the the old programming that maybe isn't serving us anymore. We're, you know, taking a look at a little bit of the science, just a little bit, I promise it won't be too much. Um, and then exploring what that means in your body today mm -hmm. and how it can immediately translate into a voice that's more powerful, more free, clear, um, improved stamina, improved range, easier transitions throughout your registers. And you can just see how just by working on the breath, it can translate into so many benefits for your voice. Plus, there's a whole slew of health benefits and um, emotional benefits as well. 
Mm -hmm. So that's coming up September 13th, I think, September 13th. Awesome. And how can singers check that out? Where should they go to? Oh, they should go to, oh, I got to I did just put, I put your um, website up and your social media. Great. Handles. Yes, yes, yes. I have to find the link. Oh, shoot. Um, well, it'll be on your website? Um, it is, but there's an actual link. There's an actual link that Iris sent to me earlier today. Oh. If she's listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Iris. Okay, here it is. It is crystalvoicestudio.com slash mini. And that mini. is for the mini intensive. It is only $150. And um, you can, if you can't attend in person, you have access to the recording because we're cool like that. But this, um, this, like I said, was the, my gateway drug into healing my own voice and into seeing singing as a, a holistic activity, mind, body, breath, voice, the interconnectivity and the relational aspect of it that really helped me heal my voice after 30 plus years of vocal injuries. Mm. So I hope some folks will come and join me. It's gonna be great. Yes, definitely yeah. join Crystal. It would be well, well, well worth it. Um, I just, I, I love you. I admire the work that you do so, so much. You are, you're creating unstoppable singers left and right. And you yourself have had so much to overcome as a singer, but you kept on going. So my final question of the evening to you is what makes you unstoppable? Ah, uh, curiosity. I just stay curious. And every time I come up against an obstacle, I just keep asking myself, now what? Mm -hmm. And then I get curious about it. Yeah. Never stop learning. I love that. I love that. Fun fact, you and I share almost, it, it could be five out of five of our top Clifton strengths. Now, really? Well, you know, I don't know now that you read, now that you evaluated, at least three or four, I think one of mine moved out that was similar, the same as yours, but then another one moved in that wasn't the same before, but now is. Okay. Yeah. That's why, that's why we vibe so well. <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much for having me. This is so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much to everybody that joined us live. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And please be sure to um, follow Crystal on the socials and get involved in her intensive. You're in such good hands with her. I, I refer singers to Crystal all the time because oh. I truly, truly believe in her. I trust in her. Um, so thanks everybody once again, and we'll be back here again next Wednesday. So we will say goodnight for now. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.